You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Join me on another episode of Your Dose of Death podcast with yours truly, Lauren Rosenberg. And first of all, I want to thank you guys so damn much for the growth of this podcast, for the downloads, for the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, for just spreading the good word about this podcast. It means the absolute world to me. Um, we have come so far, guys, and from episode one to now. Um, it's growing each and every single day, and I couldn't have done it without you guys. Um, that being said, of course, I always want to thank my sponsors of this wonderful podcast. Of course, Skip Van Alstein and the wonderful people at Grateful Deathmatch. Always have some groovy stuff coming up. Um, in the meantime, though, hit up that checkout code of DEATH, and that will give you free shipping across the United States, as always. That promo code being DEATH. And, of course, Billy Ballantyne and... The Good cool dudes at Crimson Mask. They just gave me a brand spanking new promo code just fresh off Mania Weekend. Of course, I am talking about the promo code of Dosa Death for the Duke of Hardcore bundle. Yes, that is right. That really stylish John Wayne Murdoch bundle will look good with even that promo code Dosa Death. I promise you, you want to get on that very, very soon because maybe, just maybe. John Wayne Murdoch might be hitting up your dose of death very, very soon. And, of course, I have a brand new sponsor. Yes, that is right, a temporary sponsor, but, of course, a friend, affiliate of the show. Um, Toy Ohio returns June 19th, located at the Metroplex in Girard, Ohio. Over 20,000 square foot of toys. That's right, a lot of toys. Bringing in the best vendors from the tri-state area. And, of course, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, Brian Myers, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, Smart Mark Sterling, and Dylan Hornswoggle Apostle will all be signing there. The show itself runs from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on June 19th, easily located right off of the highway. Come and shop at the fastest-growing show in Ohio, live and in person at the Metroplex in Gerardo, Ohio. So big shout, guys, to the... Toy Hio boys, um, thank you again for the um, support of Your Dose of Death. And, of course, check out Toy Hio um, if you are in the area on June 19th. Without further ado, though, I want to get into sharing my thoughts and opinions with the Independent Waters guys about Planet Death. Um, so, again, thank you guys for joining me this week on Your Dose of Death and enjoy my review of planet death now it's time to get into some ultra fucking violence and we cannot do that without bringing on the man the myth the legend the host of your dose of death podcast lauren rosenberg himself lauren how are you doing my man we couldn't talk about this one <laughs> howdy howdy i'm doing <laughs> great you know it's another day in the life i just got my covid vaccine actually all right nice. So yeah, a little big news there, and I'm ready to talk about some deathmatch. You know how it is. 
Hell yeah, I got round two scheduled for a couple weeks for my vaccine, so we're getting there, we're getting there. May 10th for me. Way after the 19th. (laughs) Hey, you're getting, hey, almost, almost, it's coming. Yeah. The the end is near. Think about it. You could get your first round of vaccine on 420. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I... If only I'm one of the lucky ones. Like you could be a legend. <laughs> legend. Everyone who gets vaccinated on that day is gonna be a legend. As is, so. <laughs> All right. So why don't we get into this pay per view? Uh, oh. Let's 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 get right into it. Me and Zach have been talking about wrestling for like two two full episodes now. <laughs> oh so boy. Let's, let's get right into this one. Uh, this one starts off kind of suddenly. We're just trying to introduce the show, but no, Kid Osborne has to come out and ruin everyone's fun. Uh, so this one starts off with a match between yeah. Kid Osborne and Marcus Crane. Uh, what did we think about this one? I did not know who Marcus Crane was, but they made a big deal out of him, so I was like, oh, okay, cool. I, it was just this basic squash match. Like It was like yeah. it was just Marcus Crane beating the absolute shit out of Kid Osborne. Like, it was great. <laughs> No, um, Marcus Crane, a guy who's actually from my neck of the woods in Chicago, of course. This this was his first match back in, I want to say, almost a year and a half. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. He, it, crazy story about him. He had one, probably one of the craziest recoveries in, in all of wrestling, where literally there was a little legitimate hole in his head from an injury in a death match. And um, I've been fortunate enough to work with people to donate for medical costs because in independent wrestling, as you find out, the medical costs do not come cheap. And um, I I was so excited to see Marcus Crane, of course, also the host of Planet Death as well. So kind of doing double duty here. Yes. And -hmm. of course, Kid Osborne being the piece of shit that he is, designed to poop the party, party pooper, (laughs) as they like to say. Um. Marcus looked really good here for a guy who just got back in the ring. I want to say, yeah, a right. Weeks ago, take eating light tubes by the way, like three different times and bundles yeah. and hitting a super unfazed. Kick. Yeah, I had a few. I, the one match, the note I have this match is these two took a lot of nasty looking light tube shots for such a short match. I was just like, yeah, all right. absolutely, um, Marcus. I mean, I, I'll put it this way: I've, I've talked to friends about this one. It's like this is really like the see if he can really do it again kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. I don't even think Marcus expected to have a match on this show. I, I'll be perfectly honest here. He just kind of was told, Hey, you want a, a two minute squash match? See if you can just run the ropes for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just see, just feel it out. See how you're doing. And he passed the test in my opinion. I enjoyed it. It was a two minute squash. As he said, even a little fun after the bell, putting kit through a door that almost mm-hmm. didn't even break. So you know yeah i mean it, like i said it was it was it was just him absolutely destroying kid osborne and it was great uh <laughs> what do, do we want to give this match a rating or do we want to just move on we're giving move it on uh, 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 it was fine it was, it was, it was like a schlock match yeah I'm, yeah i'm just not even i'm just gonna move on i'm not even gonna bother because it was just it was just uh it was just to introduce marcus crane coming back and just to watch him absolutely destroy somebody which was great uh let's get into the first actual match of this card Yes. Uh, we got Shellac taking on Nolan Edward. Without the S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves to make that joke. Oh, my God. Whoever <laughs> There was actually someone in Florida who starred that, if I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not, it's not Nolan Edwards. It's Nolan Edward. 
Oh, it was Bloodsport. It was Bloodsport that started that because of a typo. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Barnett took the heat of it. So <laughs> here we are later making sure we correct everyone. Without the S. Without the S. Nolan Edward taking even Schlack, Schlack. Even Schlack actually got on the joke as well. So. <laughs> um, what, what are our thoughts about this one? I thought this was a great opener. I agree, 100%. Um. Yeah, absolutely great opener. Um, something I want to kind of point out with, as knowing Alex Colon, a friend of your dose of death. Yep. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these matches, as you see, were very stipulation based. Yeah. They yeah. weren't just bring everything out of the back and just see what you can do with it. There was a lot of playing. There was a lot of intricacies with this. And of course, this was a bundles of tubes. As you saw, there wasn't just one singular tube. Maybe you saw many a tube. <laughs> It was just like a bundle, so it was like a good old four-pack of tubes. And Schlack showed his athleticism here for a guy who was coming off a bum knee, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Schlack was moving, as they say. I legit was sitting there going like, oh, this is fucking Schlack. Because when we saw him at Take Care, he had a hoodie on, so I couldn't even really see what he looked like. And then he comes out, and he's fucking ripped and is full of tattoos. 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 Oh man, I actually like the little story they had going here of Schlack being the veteran deathmatch fighter and Edwards. Edward, um, I literally just said it. Fuck me. <laughs> How dare you, Edward, being the newbie about here and not being as ruthless as Schlack at certain points. Like I love how Schlack literally bit a glass tube in half and stabbed Nolan's head with it. Yeah. Apparently, my dog has a lot to say about Schlack, and he was yeah. like biting and scratching it open. And then later, towards the end, Nolan started doing some stuff that Schlack did to him. And I was like, oh, look at that. The student learns from the teacher as the teacher beats his ass in with light tubes. Um, yeah, just a little little nice story of tough love, as they want to put it. That's for sure. This is um, really Nolan's only his second match ever with GCW for a guy who, if you, if, if you know his story, it's kind of one of the craziest stories in wrestling where people literally found out he was a producer at Impact Wrestling. I kid you not. Wow. And like, like he's young doing this. He's now like 21, 22, Damn. doing perennial death matches, doing literally everything. A guy who I believe had the most matches, Mania Weekend. Wow, shit. Is, yeah, I, I don't think there was a single day where he didn't have two matches on his schedule. That is some fucking hustle. Yeah, he, he hustled all right. I mean, he showed, he showed up and I've, he showed up against Alice Colon to take care. He showed yes, up against. He, he showed up against Schlack here. I, the The future is only brighter for this kid. I've literally seen two matches from him, and I love him already. I've seen like more than two. I I, I love <laughs> no, I love me some no flinch Nolan Edwards. Yeah, me and he's it, great. Me and Zach are kind of newbies in the deathmatch world, so it's going to be like this was my this is our first or second time seeing it. Laura's going to be like, I don't know, this is like my thirtieth or fortieth or something like that. So I don't know. I put in the miles, okay? I put in the I miles. I know, I know. That's why we that's why we have to have you on for this review. Yeah, we, feel of like, we, feel like we felt like we couldn't do it without you. Absolutely. Again, thank you guys for having me on. <laughs> of course, dude. All right, so let's get into this match. I'm very I'm very interested to hear what Lauren has to say about this match because this match was talked about on Your Dose of Death. Go check that out every Tuesday and sometimes Thursday here on the Countdown Network. Did we give the last match a, a rating or no? Oh, no, oh, we yeah. did not. What? what, what, what yeah, let's, let's give Schlack and Nolan Edward a rating first before we uh, move on. Uh, I'll let Lauren go first. He is the uh, guest. What's, what's, what's the rate? What's your oh, rating? Oh, right. We keep forgetting to explain the ratings yet. We just keep thinking people would know it by heart already. And, uh, yeah, the the ratings get... Rating scale is miss out, met, or mark out. Miss out is like bad, not good, don't don't even bother. 
Matt is like decent, solid match, pretty good. Uh, then there's Markout, which is like absolutely bonkers, awesome, and I loved it. Uh, oh. Then there, then we have some in betweens. We have like low Matt, which is like, Meh, and we have like uh, high Matt, which is like pretty good, but not like insane. I would say a high Matt, like it wasn't like your best match on the card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for being only the second match and kind of not upping the ante on the simulation, which. Alex Cologne, by the way, if he ever has his own deathmatch promotion, he is going to kill it because he understands the psychology of deathmatches. He understands not everything's just a go out, have a 15-minute barn burner. Like, sometimes, as you see with the way this card's pace, there's matches mm-hmm. where sometimes, like, you had a two-minute squash. You had a good, like, five, ten-minute white tube extravaganza with Nolan and um schlack here but i mean it wasn't like the best match on the card so like a high meh is definitely where i'd be fair enough i actually was in the same boat i gave it a high meh as well i am also in the high meh boat which is funny enough we're all uh feeling the same about this match. we're all the same vibe for this yeah <laughs> all right so anyway let's get into this next match again i was very excited to hear what lauren had to say about this because Orin Vite and lauren talked about this match on your dose of death go check it out every tuesday here on the canon network uh, we have a three-way match: Orin Vite versus Ricky Norin versus Dame, Damon Spriggle. Uh, I want, what are we thinking about this one? Um, yeah, this is. These are my Midwest boys here. Orin mm. is originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now moved to Denver, Colorado, with happily married as well. So shout out to Orin if he's listening to this. He's one of my favorite people. Hey, Orin, congrats! He's, hey. he's, he's one of my favorite people in the entire world. If you ever get to meet him, chat him, or whatever, he is an absolute lovable guy and loves mm. otters, by the way. Interesting. So if you want to go to his good side, you better show him some otter picks. Show him some otter picks or bring him <laughs> something otter-related. Um, Got it. But so going into this match, I've known Damon Spriggle – the humblest kid in all of deathmatch wrestling. This kid is only 20 doing that. Oh my God. Yeah. Like he's like, he's so to kind of give you guys some context with this there, these are like Oren's boys. These weren't just some random picked guys from the street. It wasn't some like high marquee guy. These are guys that Oren has trained, have taken under his wing who have been with him almost everywhere he's gone. And so this this match meant a lot to me because Midwest Deathmatch Wrestling is kind of like a mini black hole. You have your East Coast, mm-hmm. you have your West Coast. Mm-hmm. Midwest is kind of like that black hole where you get seen or you don't get seen. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and let's say Oren was putting these guys over hard in the episode, so <laughs> I was I was excited for this one. Um, I, I will say this with the um, Oren versus Damon Spriggle. If you've not seen that on Time Bomb Pro, it's free. Literally in the basements. The murder basement. They literally went through glass, through tubes. It was basically a no ring death match in the most snuff film basement you've ever seen in your life. Jeez. That was really good. Um, Ricky Norn, I've seen a couple times in ICW Milwaukee. He was in Insane Eight, where literally he got the absolute shit kicked out of him by Schlack. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows what's up. And I'll say this: like this was not the best match on the card as well. This was this was really the first big stage these two have had and that's really the story of this match like oren's been here and he's only been doing this for mind you three and a half years as i've talked yeah Yeah. and these like damon i believe isn't even a fresh off a year of doing death matches wow and i mean ricky norn i believe like ricky apparently from what me and oren have talked about literally was in a career crisis where he couldn't find something that stuck with fans Mm-hmm. The whole gallery ready thing was really like what he wanted to do. What is 
the new, as you see, gallery ready, Ricky Nord. Oh yeah, he had the he had the uh, canvases and he painted. Yeah, he painted with people's blood. Yeah, he, oh he loves God. that shtick. It is an awesome shtick. If you've never seen it before, it's like kind of like, what the hell is this guy? Oh, doing? that's why he had the thing in the mm-hmm. middle of the mat. Oh, yeah, it was a canvas. Yeah, that makes canvas. more sense. Okay then. And, and the thing with this, and I'm gonna just put this out there because I know commentary didn't do them justice. Yeah, I was gonna say it would have been nice of flat out honest. Because I want to be honest and transparent with you guys, learning about this stuff through my mm-hmm. lenses, is that like the pro- if if we if we were able to access the promos that these guys did heading into Planet Death, the match will make a lot more sense than what we got. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And that's really something that was disappointing. Is yes, you had the promo for Alex Cologne versus Lucky, which we'll get into, and. You had, but a lot, there was a lot more promo work that was done that wasn't seen on air. Mm-hmm. That was more seen on social media. So, like, Damon literally did a promo, I kid you not, like, in the, like, the pretzel seating um, in the middle of the snow and wherever he lives. Okay. He was just mm-hmm. being humble as always. Because he literally, like, he is super humble. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kid you not with this kid. He is super, super humble. And then Ricky Norton had an amazing promo where literally he had like, he had, you know, like those Roman um, art pieces in Rome, like the clay ones. Yeah. He had like one with like his head on that one and like the one with like the two heads. Mm. And so he had like one where he photoshopped Oren's head on it and photoshopped oh. Damon's head. It was brilliant. So like, I wish we got more to see that. And he's a, he is a living promo. Like apparently he went to film school he knows how to do that stuff. So he's like a deathmatch Darby Allen, but bigger kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some high praise. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Um, in the match itself, like you could tell Damon and Ricky were a little nervous here. Yeah. Like, I could tell yeah. they were nervous. And there was a lot of pacing issues with this match. And I'm being honest here. Like they both wanted good work. My biggest issue was pacing. Like they did the gusset plate shot right at the beginning. They're like, Ooh, boom, boom, dude, those, boom. those gusset plates, man. That wow, shit man. is wild. <laughs> that Jesus. was wild. Yeah, that was, man. And Oren, he's taking a ton of those gussets because there are some promotions in Deathmatch Wrestling who absolutely adore gusset plates. I'll never get over that for the life of me. It's terrifying. Those things are terrifying. Oh, God. Yeah. There's, there's like a point where like he pulled off a plate. I think it was, uh, I think it was, um, I think it was Norn pulled off a plate and I just saw the little pointed edges. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that, that was a crazy beginning. And then, um, of course, Oren, as I know him well enough, is such a fan of the knife boards. I keep telling him you don't need to use knife boards, but he keeps using them. And the wind actually, like, the knife board. I was, I was so like, sad. <laughs> the fucking knife board just flew away. They brought out the knife board, and I was like, I was like that meme where it's like, the what? <laughs> <laughs> Those oh. knife boards are relentless. He lost. That's like one of his like main things he uses. And I never get it. Like I keep telling him like, dude, you don't need to use the knife boards. Like I don't want to see you cut open, but he's used it. In, like he actually had a trip in Japan where he faced Masashi Takeda. And like, he actually like hurt Takeda with the knife boards because oh. in Japan, they're relentless there. They yeah. love, the, they love everything violent. And so they did a knife boards match and Takeda took the brunt of it. And of course, Oren felt bad. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to use knife boards. So I keep <laughs> telling him that, but he loves them. And I mean, and this is the pains of glass death match as well. I know originally mm-hmm. Alex told me he wanted this to be a home run derby 
death match, but I believe the weapons needed for that were not of use. So right. class it was. And I will say like Damon and Ricky have a future here. This, this is like something like to look back on for them when they improve and improve, which they will. I believe me mm. when I say this, they, they will improve. And Damon Spriggle, of course, um, had another match that weekend where he, he, it was kind of the same way. He looked a little nervous, not fully a hundred percent, but, mm-hmm. um, He's still learning. He's only, as I said, he's only 20 years old doing death mm-hmm. matches. Most most kids his age would rather be going to college or whatever, and he's he out doing death matches. He wants to go through glass panes and get uh, gusset boards jammed in his chest. Exactly. Uh, I actually, there was one I was part, at, yeah, but that I really liked. Before we give this a rating, I wanted to go through some, uh, some maybe some spots that you guys were interested yeah. in. So, Zach, what do you got? Yeah, mine's actually the, the finish, so I'll let you okay. guys go, because I actually like the finish quite a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I like the underhook bomb through the through the the glass pane with the knife board underneath was was awesome. Uh, I do wish it hadn't blown away, uh, which it would have been super sick of it. But it still looked like it did some damage because Vite's back was bloody. If I recall correctly, doesn't he? Didn't he like jam the knives in Vite's head? Yeah, like, no. it? it was Noran's head. He did the devil horse to <laughs> Ricky's head. Literally just stabbing him with steak knives. Like this is fine. <laughs> Yep, this is this is happening. It's like the it's like the, the dog sitting in the fire. Like this is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah the 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 finish was also super sick. So yeah, Zach, why don't you talk really about good. this? Since yeah, super so Spriggle got glass in like inside his like I call it a utility kilt because I got nothing else to say. And commentary didn't help me with it, <laughs> and he just whips off this kilt and he's wearing fucking like New Japan Young Lion like trunks, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, what are you wearing? <laughs> Got into a strike off with Vite, and then Vite hit the assault driver on Spriggle through the pane of glass on top of Norn in the corner for the win. And I was like, you took a pane of glass, your bare-ass legs, and the ring's covered in fucking glass. And I was like, you <laughs> madman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ricky Norn is actually a big, if you ever talk to him, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's a huge, like, Japan wrestling nerd. He loves Japan wrestling, so... He wants to incorporate his death matches with his love of J- Japanese wrestling. And so him and Orin have talked a lot about that. So that finish was very Japan-esque, as you could put it. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, that finish was at, this was definitely awesome. Uh, what, are, what are we giving this one? I this one a meh. Meh. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, I have that written down. It's, it's fine. A, it's a meh. It was, it was fine. It was not against this match at all. Well, I, I mean, like, I wasn't vibing with this match as much as the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, again, that kind of plays into the fact that the real narrative here where this was kind of an issue all throughout me week, and this isn't mm-hmm. just Planet Death. This isn't just where commentary was inconsistent. And yeah, yeah um, there, were, there were just, uh, it was overall, just, I think my favorite part of commentary was Gage, but mainly because I mean, I've yeah. never heard, I've never listened to like to Nick Gage <laughs> talk a lot. So this is like my first time listening to him. The only time Zach has heard Nick Gage is when he's yelling about Ricky yeah. Shane being and a pussy or something. Like so, <laughs> to hear him sit down and just, hear him just be like a chill dude is like wild. He's like, I could like feel like the legit enthusiasm and like how much he loved deathmatch wrestling at points. And I was like, wow, this, I'm like, this is pretty awesome. Like there were certain, like he gave like certain perspectives on like certain spots that sucked to take or why they sucked or why they did stuff. And I was like, oh, all right. I like that. I, yeah. I'm, I don't know. The other guy that commentated, though, I, I got nothing. I cannot remember anything Kevin, that he Kevin did. Kevin Gill, yeah. It's... The only thing I remember is that Gage tested him on moves, and sometimes he, he got, got them, like... other times he could not figure them out for the life of him. 
Um, there was one yeah. time Gage caught him sleeping. He was like, I wasn't. Yeah. He was like, I wasn't watching. You got he me. He did. I was like, oh, he was a tiger on. driver. Because I remember I was like, that is a tiger driver, my man. Um, Gage, if you've ever, like, I've listened to him do commentary. He actually, when he was injured, he actually did commentary for the Nick Gage Invitational. He's that done makes it sense. for, <laughs> like, I think he did it for Fight Forever for one of the shows. It might have been for UV60. But mm-hmm. he, if, as you listen, like, he's a fan of wrestling. Yeah. Like, he's not mm-hmm. just a wrestler who just, comes in, does a job, goes out. Like, yeah, he loves wrestling to its core. So mm. hearing him talk about deathmatch wrestling from a commentator standpoint was really excellent. And it just sometimes you just got to do your homework on who you're talking about. And yeah. It, yeah. It's, it, it's past us now. We can't do anything about it. That's true. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, especially with this match was evident where if there was more background to each guy, like, of course, as I've told you, the match would have made a lot more sense to other people. And especially, I highly recommend following these guys on social media, like seeing the promos they did because Oren told them both and I told them they needed promos. I specifically told them you need promos to put this match over because it was billed as the Oren Vite, like showcase slash triple threat, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Because everyone knows Oren Vite. Yeah. Oren Vite's a big name, yeah. Yeah, he's a big name. He's been to Japan with GCW. And Ricky and Damon, they're not so big. Like they've, as I've said, they're very inexperienced. They're very green. They're not, mm-hmm. they're they're new-ish to this. And so they both put out spectacular promos that I wish were showcased more, but it is what it is. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So why don't we get into the next match? We got a singles match between Badman Pondo and Matthew Justice. A hardcore war matchup. I want to put a thing out for Madman Pondo real quick, just before we get into it, because um, unfortunately he did get injured after this match. Like this match did cause an injury. He oh won. really? Yeah. I so was. I wanted, aware I wanted to. I wanted to make a platform for that because um, Pondo, if you don't know, he's a deathmatch legend. He has done this for a long time. He was a part of one of the most famous deathmatch staples of all time in Bakugaijin with Necro Butcher. Um, a guy who has done this for a long time. And I want to just kind of give me one second while I just have everything here. Cause I'm, yeah, so yeah. he mm-hmm. unfortunately hurt his ribs in this match, um, two broken ribs on Oof. the spot that I believe we'll talk about with Matthew Justice, um, punctured lung as well from Ooh. this. Yeah. And um, I want to send my best wishes to Pondo and um, hope he is yeah. doing yeah, well. I know shit. he's been in the hospital for a long time. For I believe up to this recording, like three, four days. So I want to, and if um, any of you guys are interested in supporting him, um, I'm just going to put this out there as well. He has a cash app and a Venmo for medical expenses. Um, it's going to be dollar sign Corey Higdon one for his cash app and for his Vendo Venmo. Wow, sorry, it's hmm. at Corey Higdon one. So I want to give my best wishes to Mad Mad Pondo as he's yeah. going through this because. Um, as we talk about this match, yes, it did happen. He is as ballsy as he is for a 51-year-old. But um, we should just keep Madman Pondo in our um, hearts and prayers this week. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. I agree. All right. So uh, why don't we get into this one? Uh, this one starts off pretty quick with Justice just immediately grabbing a door, uh, just just beating down Pondo and going out and grabbing a door and starting this one off. Yeah. 
think the two they quickly goes to the outside if I recall correctly. It, yeah. it was an ECW street fight. This is like for all the this was for all the ECW fans out there. They uh, love their good old ECW brawls, wars, whatever you want to call them. This was like a real homage to ECW with all the hardcore brawls they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I mean, they they brought out the, the, that staple gun was doing work today. The fucking dollar bill spot was ridiculous. <laughs> I loved it. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> they both looked like fucking pinatas walking around with these dollar bills <laughs> just stapled to them. Yeah, classic spot, classic spot. I just love the one spot where I think it was just, I forgot who did it to who, but someone like just yeeted a trash can at somebody else's head. It might have been Justice. It might have been Justice. It was just really funny just to watch Justice. (laughs) (laughs) I love the sound it makes when it hits somebody. She's like, donk. (laughs) I'll tell you this about Matthew Justice. I, I can't keep count of how many times that dude has been brained in a match. Because he loves his headshots, and I think literally the guy has a freaking tag team in the indies called CTE or Crazy Tough Enemies, is but okay. it's CTE with Josh Bishop, oh. <laughs> and literally the two of them just are literally known for taking a plethora of headshots. So Matthew Justice was on his best behavior, <laughs> taking as much damage as possible right to his skull. Oh, Matthew Justice, he's a he's a treasure, all right. Um, yeah. And Madman uh, Pondo, we got a stop sign spot. Yeah, I love that stop sign spot. The stop sign made probably the best sound of any weapon today. With yeah. Great justice with it. Really good. I was, was like, like oh, whoa. damn. <laughs> just when you uh, it, it was like, boom, just right off. We, uh, it was so funny. But before that, we had to get to the, we would be remiss not to talk about the spot that we everyone talk would probably talk spot. about. Yeah, where, where, uh, Justice sets up the door on the two Neff Barrel plates and puts yeah. Pondo on it and jumps from the the second story of yeah like the, the jumps off the, where the stairs were. God, and I, the door it didn't break either, right? It did a little bit, but it the, broke. The, but the, the barrels were too far in. They were too. They're too close to each other. Yeah, oh, far out, and I think that's where the injury came from. I figured was, as much once you said broken. It's like, oh yeah, like it's like, just the back there, just completely. Ugly. But I mean, yeah, it was Panda. I mean, he's been doing this for thirty plus years. He's a he is mm-hmm. in the GCW Deathmatch Hall of Fame, as they have given the respect to Deathmatch stars of the past. A guy who has also worked for, of course, ICP at Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um. He is as good as it gets. And uh, also the spy I want to talk about is the freaking cinder blocks. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. The ending of this match. Whew, oh. whew. The, I, I, I was watching a death match in Japan and I'll give a shout because I'm pretty sure Alex Klon was heavily convinced or inspired. I'll put it with this match. It was called mm-hmm. Horosugiera versus Ueki. That's his last name where they did as many shoot headbutts as you possibly can. Where like you actually heard a dunk. Like, oh, yikes. And like I'm pretty oh, I, I can feel I that. No, like if I'll I'll find you guys clips of this match because it was the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen in my life with headbutts. And I'm like, I saw 50 plus headbutts during this show. And they also use cinder blocks where they would throw cinder blocks onto other cinder blocks where their head was. Oh my god. And I'm god. like, I literally want to message Alex and be like, Alex, you must have watched Tori versus Ueki and got a ton of inspiration for this show. <laughs> Because I swear to God, I hate you for the amount of headbutts you use during the show. 
Yeah, this one was absolutely that, that that last spot was absolutely brutal. Uh, where he puts the cinder block on Justice's head, takes a sledgehammer, and just breaks the, the cinder block. Yeah, that, that, that up the ante, you know. No, yeah, you know. Yeah. They, they, I don't even think he pinned him, right? I think they just stopped the match after that. They were like, no, they, I think pinned him as well. I think Panda okay. pinned him. In a, I want to say Panda pinned him. I, I wasn't sure because as soon as that sledgehammer hit, I like went like, oh, and I looked away, and then I looked back, and the match was over. <laughs> Yeah, three seconds was... is all it takes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just very true. Bless you, bless you. Uh, so what are we? What are we giving Matthew Justice versus Mad Man Panda? Uh, I gave it a meh. Meh, yeah, meh. Like it was slow, but I, it's understandable when you when I now that I realize that Panda is fifty one. Yeah, I gave this one the high bat. I liked it a lot. I yeah, appreciated I the the, uh, the creativity of the spots. I'll give them that too. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I'd say a meh, high meh as well. I mean. It's slow. It's Pondo. It's Justice. I mean, they're both like ECW style mm-hmm. kind of workers. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a lot of blood in this one. And I, I've known, like, this was more like your non, like your hardcore slash death, non really death matchy. Like, this was like a street fight. Yeah, it was Almost, a street yeah. fight. It was uh, okay. A yeah, little, makes sense. Good old hardcore street fight with two guys who just love to brain each other, you know? Love it. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get into the next match then. We got a uh, Four Corners of Pain tag team match. We got Gory and Jimmy Lloyd taking on Brandon Kirk and G. Raver. What do we think about this one? Um, I actually was vibing with the fast-paced action this match, the first half of it, and then it slowed down considerably, and I wasn't as much vibing with it as I was before. Okay, okay. I understand. Oh, I'm just mad they brought back they, – they, they did the gussets again, man. I wasn't ready for that. I was like, <laughs> I thought we were done with those. But then there's in everyone's heads. I was like, "Come on, <laughs> those things look so rough, man." Um, I want to say this about this match. So another match where if we knew the promo packages from this would make a whole lot more sense. But of course, you two were at Take Care with the mm-hmm. Jimmy Lloyd G Raver, so yeah, you had so... some context. Yeah. But I think the thing with this match is no one really knew why Brandon Kirk and why Jason Glory was picked as the respective tag team partners of G Raver and Jimmy Lloyd, respectively. Mm-hmm. But like G like the reasoning for G Raver bringing Brandon Kirk is Jimmy Lloyd and Brandon Kirk have a long history going back to the near last days of CGW where they were both in cage of death. And like literally oh. Jimmy Lloyd was entranced in this feud with Brandon Kirk and his wife, Casey Catal Kirk. Hi Kirks. Love you guys. Mm. Um so, like, they're both heels. They're the heels in this match. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Jimmy Lloyd bringing Jason Gorey, who, by the way, this is his first match in a year. He's been one of those guys who hasn't wrestled during COVID because COVID. You know, COVID. He doesn't feel the need to, but he came back to this match. And it was a, it, to me, Gorey was the perfect guy for this match, a guy who was a former tag team partner, G-Raver, a guy who isn't really a deathmatch guy. He's done a lot of hardcore stuff. This was really one of his, like, first few death matches he's really ever done mm-hmm. as you can see he's more of like a cruiser weight yeah I, that's one of the things that stuck out with me the most that i liked that i was like he was like one of the few super fast high flyers for yeah. this that i was not expecting but i was very happy to see yeah he's and like of course there, his promo for this match was really really well done and he's not very well known on social media so not everyone saw it mm-hmm. but i was really heavily impressed with his promo skills for this one he was talking about how G Raver kept abandoning the tag team. He kept doing this death matches. And then when he got hurt, G Raver got hurt 2019. 
Mm-hmm. Like he was like, why do you want to keep doing this? Like, I'm going to drag you out of death matches if it's the last thing I do. And so that was the whole thing was Jimmy and G Raver. Yes, they're still in their thing, but Gory has his own intertwining storyline with Raver and Brandon Kirk continuing his long lasting rivalry with Jimmy Lloyd as well. So I love intertwining stories in wrestling that come together. I love the idea of this match. Mm-hmm. The match itself, the execution, as you said, Zach was a little on the iffy side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, there was a there was a couple spots that that looked a little sloppy, uh, but ended up coming around in, in a little bit. Uh, it, it was like, like it was fine, I guess. Like I was I was hyped for it, like at first, but then I kept seeing the some of the botches here and there. Yeah, and uh, it kind of took me out of it a little bit. But then I but then they started doing other stuff that made me pop off again. So I was like, yeah. very, I was very back. And, it was like a pendulum swinging on this match. I was like, yeah, off on it, back on, off, back on. Like, I just, one thing I want to say, I, I just love how Gory just casually pull out a fucking fish hook on Kirk just out of nowhere. It just has a fish hook in it. And I'm like, why do you have that, man? You just fucking fish hooks him <laughs> on the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little nuts from Gory, and of course, Raver as always, the tattooed needles. Dude. Oh, he doesn't. Oh God. He doesn't leave any ring without trying to skewer someone with his tattoo needles. So. Dude, that was ridiculous. I was like, I thought skewers were bad, and then I saw the tattoo needles, and it just was like, oh, uh, oh. There's no. There's one spot later with another thing that I I, I want to get to that absolutely. Uh, it, like almost made me just like run away from the room <laughs> the screen. There are two spots I have written down here as my God, these were the worst looking bumps of this entire match by far. Uh, talk about them. What do you got? Yeah. The first one was G Raver doing the fireman carry slam that slammed Gory through the table and light tubes on the outside because yep. I wasn't aware they were a thing. And then suddenly it was just there. <laughs> was like, oh, they're there. So when he did this, I thought he just straight threw Gory out of the ring. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? And then, Bam! Table. Yeet. And then the, <laughs> but the worst one by far was G Raber front flipping out of the ring onto a door that didn't break. And he also nope. got hit in the fucking arm with a weed whacker by Lloyd. We just yeah. randomly had this for some reason. I mean, it didn't turn on. It didn't turn on. He still got hit by it. Yeah, he got hit. Um, the weed whacker, of course, was a callback from the I Quit match that Raver and Lloyd had New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day. Oh, okay. Oh, where. Wow. That spot, it was Raver, like, had Jimmy Lloyd tied up in hand. Like, it was, like, those stringy handcuffs. Yeah. Called. And Lloyd was, like, kept saying, no, I don't quit. And Raver had a weed whacker and weed whacked him right in the chat. So it was kind of Lloyd's oh. – it was Lloyd's revenge, as I'll call it. That's, a, weed whacker. that's an awesome callback. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, the, the two of them have really had one of the most well-organized, organically organized feuds – off of an injury, mind you, because Lloyd was quote unquote responsible for Raver's injury, as the storyline goes. Mm. And they've turned it into a good long feud where they've had an I quit match, a no ropes barbed wire match, a tag team four corners of pain match. They have made this work for months now, and it's it's really been incredible to watch. Wow, that is a very long and storied sound. I and mean, yeah, like you said, like, it sounds like it's a little bit I want to see that fucking weed whacker spot now. Yeah. Yeah, it's on. Um, it was on the New Year's Eve show that GCW did, and it was an I Quit match. It was the first mm. one GCW's ever done, and I couldn't believe like 
they had they had callbacks to the injury. So like they had like a ladder with light tubes on it where I think Ra- Ravers faceplant loitered like there was a razor's edge that um Raver took onto the outside of to a couple of tables or doors. Yes. And the, they wouldn't break. Yes. I have I've or, all I remember is just Raver screaming fuck no and Tate going through the doors, like eating shit on them too. I was like, my God, but mm-hmm. Uh, they're destined to fight forever honestly no pun intended i would definitely be i would i'm definitely looking forward to more of these types of matches between these two if i watch them i do like the ending of the sequence of this match too yeah the, uh, the hockey fight between kirk and lloyd where lloyd powerbombed kirk for a glass <laughs> two pun uh two bundle many that oh that tombstone was a bit rough looking though when he hit him on it i was like oh that's um Mind you, Kirk had been went into that match with a broken nose from a previous. Oh, <laughs> so I, cause I, I talked to Brandon and Casey here and there through a friend, and I had found out that Brandon was really rough going into that match. He loves working for GCW. He doesn't do it enough because he's friends. I mean, he's friends with Alex Cologne, so it was really a nice return to GCW for Brandon Kirk where unfortunately due to injuries from other matches during that weekend kind of caused things to look a little rough on the edges as I'll put it. Gotcha. That would, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Mikey, what was the spot that you saw that made you want to run away from the room? Oh, that <laughs> yeah. wasn't in this match. That was later. It was uh, later. It was later. It was during the uh, AJ Gray match that we'll get to. Ah, okay. Ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that, we'll get to that. Uh, but this match I thought was solid, uh, even even with even with some of the botches here and there. Like I said, I was very back and forth on it. I was like, yes, uh, yes, uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I, I couldn't decide. I gave it the I gave it the meh. Nah, as meh. well, meh as okay. well. Why did explain, Lauren? Do you have an answer? Why did Lloyd leave Gory in the ring after the match? Like he just he just pieced the fuck out right after the match. He was gone. I have zero idea. Oh, I think here's what. So, of course, as everyone knows, Jimmy Lloyd was at WrestleMania, the viral superstar <laughs> that he is. The Lloyd uh, business, baby. Um, I just want to give an announcement here. I just found out that Jonesy, of course, a former guest of Your Dose of Death, just made the Lloyd business shirts available. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I will be sending out that link on my Twitter at Lauren YDOD if you want to hit those up. Uh, that doesn't oh, mean a running. I know what shirt I'm getting next. Yep, the Lloyd business. So it, it is happening before WWE decides to take that shit down. So we will see about that. <laughs> I say, let me buy it before it gets a uh, content ID or something. Well, to answer your question, Zach, I believe he was just trying to get out of there as quickly as possible for before Mania because he has to. You have to drive. Apparently, apparently, traffic was really like ridiculous around the Tampa Bay area, as I've heard that whole weekend. Yeah, I heard Uber's, Uber's like a, I heard Uber's like a hundred dollars. Oh, I, I had a friend who I got him to go to his first ever GCW show who went to spring break and he yeah. literally told me like, I dude, I don't know if I'm going to go. I'm like, what's the matter? He's like, well, the, the lifts are like a hundred plus dollars. And he was able to get one for a little bit cheaper. And I'm like, dude, I am so Jeez. sorry. The, listen, the one guy I'm super jealous of is the one guy who was vibing on his porch all weekend, just watching all the matches yes. in the background. I was like, that guy's living life. Cause that guy can just go to his fridge go to his cabinet, grab some snacks, grab a beer, and just watch the show for free. I was like, that guy is the guy I'm most jealous of. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, is, he's a real MVP. That's- 
Like, All what right. a hero. All right, let's get into the next match, uh, which is a little controversial in the way it ended. Uh, we got Masada taking on Eric Ryan. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, uh... Lauren, clearly you have some thoughts on this one. This was my most anticipated match of Planet Death. Like, mm-hmm. to put it in perspective for you guys who were maybe not know the statistics or the accolades, Eric Ryan, of course, is last year's IWA Mid-South King of the Death Match winner. A oh, guy wow. Who, yeah, he won King of the Death Match last year. He actually, him and Atticus Koger just won IWA Mid-South, the last ever double death tag team death match tournament that just happened a couple weeks before Mania Week. Well, shit. Um, like, his act, like, his career speaks for himself. One of the true best in the world who does not get enough respect. And Masada, the ultra-violent beast, a former tournament death winner, a former Nick Gage Invitational winner, a guy who has done it all, who is the OG of the skewers himself, who literally single-handedly brought them from Japan, brought them to the States, put them over in the States. This was like speaking for himself. And Eric Ryan told Alex Colon, I want a challenge. He got in Masada, which unfortunately as we're going to talk about, kind of um, brings back some memories of good match death matches that turned into weird, organically infused triple threat matches. Yeah. Yeah. Or six mans. Yeah. It was like, this match was good. Before we get into the the way it ended, I want to talk about uh, some spots that you guys are into on this match. Yeah. Uh, That before, before, like I said, everything abruptly came to an end. One thing that, well, spot-wise, I have one, but I, I want to point out, they had this little mini, like, plastic t-ball bat with <laughs> little thumbtacks wrapped around it. And I was like, what? I'm like, that looks so cute. And then they started just hitting each other with it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's thumbtacks. It's like, oh, oh, no, what the fuck? That's so... Classic, <laughs> classic deathmatch weaponry right there. That's like deathmatch 101 weaponry with the thumbtack bats. I hate tiny little thumbtack bat. I was so, I was like, oh, it's so cute. And then you started, re- like, I think it was Masada started, like, just rolling it on Ryan's back. And I just saw they were st- just All the way stuck around. in his back. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, no, that isn't that cute bat. Fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, my favorite spot, I think, in this match was probably the dropkick bomb. Oh, yes. yeah, with the cinder blocks on Masada. That was sick. Yeah, that was absolutely Brutal. awesome. I mean, they like for the amount of time they worked this match, it was good. It, mm-hmm. it, like you, This was a match where, like, if you know their story as I do, if you know their history as I do, you're like, hook this in my veins, give it to me now, fight forever. I don't care if it goes 30 minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. But, of course, we got what we got. And, of course, it was kind of Masada's little – revenge match for losing to Atticus yeah. at spring break the night before. So he was ready for to give an a, of a, a Texas style ass kicking as I like to call it. Uh yeah, yeah. It was a definitely a, a, a grudge match for sure. Uh I like the I really like the spot where uh Bev, Bobby Bev, Bobby Be- I cannot say his name. Bobby Beverly, there we go, gets involved and he gets up on the ropes and uh uh, fucking Eric Ryan comes behind Masada with the skewers, and Masada ducks out of the way, and he hits Bobby Beverly with the skewers, and then the Masada bat. reaches over him and just starts popping him in. <laughs> um, I'll say this kind of—I know you guys probably talked about Spring Break already, but that was a pure definition of a skewer fest. And yeah. if you it, like, 
If yeah. you ever want like your your one-on-one lessons on how to use skiers and how to use them as a cool little parlor trick, you gotta watch Masada just do them like a hundred times. Because he puts the he puts the elbow grease, no pun intended, elbow <laughs> grease into them. Because I've I've seen him do that hundreds of times. And he makes it look like freaking clockwork, okay? Like with any like he can do that to anybody. I've seen him like do like fan skier shot where he'll just take like one skier and just kind of pop it in. Wow, yeah, I, I, yeah it's, it, I saw this photo a couple days ago of like a fan, like, oh yeah, I got a skewer in my head. Ooh, from Masada. And um, it, it's a <laughs> cheap little pie. Ah, I got some Masada skewer. Look at me. Yeah, I mean, he, he is a legend for a reason. And I mean, uh, and I was really happy Alex got him for the show. I was really happy that GCW was able to get him for the weekend because he, he doesn't do a lot of matches. He's kind of been winding down in his career. So it was really awesome to see him out there doing his thing as always. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but uh, of, but of course, oh sorry, Zach, you have something to say? I have one last thing before the before we get. It's literally right before the end of the match. It was the spot <laughs> where Masada jammed the skewers in Ryan's head, jammed his head in a chair, kicked him in the skewers while he was doing the chair, and then uh, picked up and dropped the uh, chair on his le- on his head. Yeah, I was like, that was, I was like, oh, nice. I'm really getting into this, and then we get to the finish, if you yeah. can call it that. Uh, the rest of four four zero get involved. Because they're and, assholes. Yeah, and start beating down Masada when their boy Eric Ryan is losing. Uh, Greg Greg Iron, Bobby Beverly, Atticus Coger all come out. They're all wearing like red and like gold now. I think it was like, it was it was the now. red it was the green it was like a dark green and like maroon. Yeah, maroon. Was, that was it. Those were like the Tampa Bay exclusive shirts that they sold. Oh, really? And oh. yeah, they had like an exclusive. Four Four O has their own Twitter, so they kind of like keep everyone in the loop. Like, oh, we have like new merch because mm. they've been in a constant dispute with PayPal over merch sales. Fun. So they're they're trying to be self made guys. I know Atticus had his own exclusive merch for Mania Weekend, and of course Four Four O did. So oh. it was like it was like it was like in the Tampa Bay beer, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the old colors that they used to have, kind of. Very cool. So it was that's a little neat trick there with four four zero, even though they're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> I I found the tweet literally in two seconds on their Twitter. <laughs> yep. I yeah. wish I we could have bought that. Anywho, yeah. Yeah. But, so they uh, they go in there, beat up Masada, and then of course Effie, Manswarner, and Nate Webb come out to stop them because they're being dickheads. Yep. And the match transitions into a fucking six way. Which leaving leaving six man six man six yeah it 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 transforms into a six man tag match between Effie Mance Warner and Nate Webb versus Cogra Beverly and Gregory Iron without the Masada Eric Ryan match ever ending they just disappeared from existence yeah they kind of just they're like they're like nope that match is done this match time for this one now it's like the meme where you see the guy with like the two doing the peace thing and he just disappears (laughs) yeah. It's like I, I don't know. I wish I wish we saw like an actual ending to that match first. Like they couldn't take like thirty seconds to end the match and then have it be like a post match beatdown and then to have the six man right. Like it could have yeah, been so easy. It could have, and I mean, I will say this: GCW holds Masada in high regard. He is mm-hmm. an OG of the company. He is a guy who literally when they started the Nick Age Invitational, he was one of the first guys to enter. Mm-hmm. A winner, as I've said, of the NGI one. And Eric Ryan, of course, is a deathmatch star in his own right, who has literally, you you don't see a deathmatch show without Eric Ryan these days. He has been working his ass off 
So I, I don't know if we would have really gone like the finish of a who's going to win, who's going to lose, because both guys are at high stock. Mm, gotcha. So I do. They I am still bummed. I am still bummed we didn't get one, but maybe just maybe down the line we get a rematch here because I'd I love to see a rematch and I love to see these two go for another 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I and, and actually have a real ending this time. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get into the uh, the three the three on three tag match. Yeah, now. now that we're here, let's talk about this six man tag match. Exactly. Uh, it was fine. I this match was hard for me to follow. The cameras did not do it any favors. No, no, I, they kept I, cutting I, in and out. It and was rough. Yeah, this was also the part where the audio got fucked, and I heard the ending of this match midway through it because some dude was talking while live with a live mic by him, and later on, some guy came up and was like, "What are you doing?" There's a live mic right there. And I was like, oh, someone finally addressed the conversation they were having in the middle of the match. And it continued into the next match, too. I was like, yeah, someone, I did. I'm like, could you not talk next to this mic? I have no idea what the audio issues were. All I know is I kept trying to figure out. This match was all right. It was just a little six-man tag fun. It was just a little street fight, yeah. Greg Irons with his bare ass out as always. Poor Greg yeah. Iron got absolutely annihilated this weekend. <laughs> oh, he really did. Considering you guys talked about Big A Brunch, where he had they talked about Big A Brunch and Spring Break in the Brunch versus Bitch match. The man literally could not catch a break this week. No, he is he is the bitch of four four zero. I mean, um, yeah, he, poor poor guy got destroyed this weekend, but I'm sure I'm yeah. sure he was like completely fine with it. Thanks, my friend. I think out of all the things in this match, my favorite spot was probably Mance Warner and Beverly's spot. Yes. Where they had the they chair duel, mm-hmm. and then they that had the, the good old-fashioned sit-down bar fight strike off, and then mm-hmm. Mance chokeslammed him through a chair. I yes. was like, yes. I'm like, that That was awesome. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's, it's old Mancer, baby. It's he's, um, he's as good as it gets. A guy who literally last year won the Nick Age Invitational 5 against Masada, speaking of. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a real brutal one. Um, who Mance is no stranger to the deathmatch scene. He's been kind of winding down on doing that. Oh, yeah. He keeps trying to tell everyone he doesn't want to do them, but then they keep roping him back in, as I said, with Nick Age Invitational. <laughs> and I, um, he's just he's just a good he's a good old kick-ass dude. I believe on the last actual, ep- the last non-collective episode of Indie Waters, I watched a, uh, Mance Warner versus Schlack. You did. Uh, in a match. And that's that's the other that that match had the there's like three weapons that freaked me out. One of them Place. didn't show up during Planet Death, thank goodness. But one of them was in the Schlag Mance Warner match. And it was that little metal plate with the, the big plate. spike. No, 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 not the gusset plate. It was like a round metal plate with just spikes sticking out. Oh. Was it a Kenzon? Yeah, that thing. I don't I, I couldn't oh. I looked it up and I couldn't find it. The Kens dude. I Kenzons. hate those Kenzons. things. What is this? Kenzons are like these Japanese like circular things. They're really tiny and really, but you like kind of like I the, back in the CZW. Oh, time, I said, uh, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that, that was a, that was the thing. Remember, I was ta- I was talking about that spot, and I had no idea what this thing was called because they kept saying it on commentary, but I kept looking up the wrong thing because I couldn't yeah, hear what they were saying. They're nasty, man. But this, this is the thing that Schlack like, bopped into Mance Warner's head and he had it in the whole match. Yeah, and at the end, Schlack just rips it out. Dude, God, that, oh. I've seen I've seen videos of guys like ripping that out their head. I actually saw one from um, this past May weekend. 
where someone had it stuck in their head because someone brought a Kenzan and I don't know why we're sneaking them into the States now because that's like a Japanese thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like CZW brought them for term of death and people would love using them and I don't get And I've had... They, they always want to post the videos of after the match of them trying to pull it out and I hate those videos with a burning passion because I'm just like, you're just... Bopping it out of a d- poor dude's head. This is not for fun and games. Oh, in the in the Slack Warner match, Slack just grabs it and goes, Hup! and in one swift motion, just rips it out of his head. He's he's that, that they're lucky that that happened because they're a lot harder to pull out than you think. They look like something out of Saw, honestly. Yeah, I don't. What is the purpose of it? Like what? Like what is it actually used for? Besides, I have zero getting, idea. getting drilled into guys' heads in death matches. <laughs> I don't see. even. I don't even know what a Kenzan is. Actually, this is also known as a frog, and will keep your flowers in place. Yeah, it's oh, a flower arrangement thing. Okay, so it's a gardening tool, basically. But you know, why? Why use <laughs> gardening, gardening tool? You... Why use it for gardening? You could just pound it into someone's head. <laughs> God. Deathmatch Weapon Talk with Lauren Mikey and (laughs) The Kenzons freak me out. The Gusset Plates freak me out. And then we'll get to the third thing that freaks me out later. Okay. Uh, What are you guys, what's what's the feeling on this this impromptu six-man? It's a man. Lower man. Low man. Yeah, it was like whatever. It was was, was such a complete, it it was like, Com- I hate to say it, but it was a complete like throwaway match. Like, yeah, it was. Effie, Effie rolled up iron while his so, teammates got beat up. The, yeah, whole, like, the whole thing was with this match. I just want to put it out was so. Of course, you both you being a take care of the whole swerve with Effie going to four four zero, which I called by the way, Zach. Hey, I never said you weren't wrong about that. You oh, I, you called it, and I was the first one to say that you called it. <laughs> um, so the whole idea was Atticus had a promo, which by the way. If you've never seen Atticus Koger promos on the internet, like on his Twitter, mm. on his social medias, they are the best work I've seen in the independents. I, I will put over his promo work any day of the week because he's really good at like video editing, like mm. making, manipulating things his way. But his like actual, like him speaking, like you really feel compelled by what he says. Mm. So the whole basis of that six man was like, Atticus can't get the idea of Effie leaving 440 out of his head. Mm. the whole mm. idea was like i can't get you out of my head so i'll see you at planet death you bring your boys i'll bring mine and we'll fight so that okay. was the oh, that makes emphasis sense of that match because that atticus really put a lot of work into mania weekend like the masada promo he did was brilliant mm-hmm. oh yeah that was like five years in the making for spring break five oh, years. oh yeah that video that, that, that video was great. awesome yeah that was all Atticus. And mind you, I want to put this out there. I don't know if you talked about spring break, but that whole like match itself, the promo work was all Atticus because Masada is not really internet savvy. Mm. That was all Atticus. Like that, that oh, whole really? feud was really on the emphasis of Atticus wanting to face Masada his entire career, mm-hmm. his entire five year death match career. He's won Masada. And of course, Masada's like not tech savvy. He has a Twitter, but he doesn't really use it. Mm-hmm. It, and mm-hmm. literally, to put it in the timeline wise, it was he Atticus started calling him out years ago, called him out term of survival last year when he skewered Alley Cat. Oh, um, he he would keep calling him out at no peace underground where he was like doing the skewers. He was like, Where's my receipt? Mm-hmm. Ricky Shane Page and Masada had a match that same night. Boom, Atticus comes out and is about to skewer Masada or skewers Masada. And then Masada tries to get revenge at the next No Peace show. 
Um, R- RSP comes in attacks, and then, of course, you got what happened in the spring break. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it, literally, it literally was Atticus Koger putting the team on his back. <laughs> I am going to make this match work. GCW make it happen. I don't care when. We're just going to do it. I like so, it. Respect. Mad respect to Atticus. Mad respect yeah. to Atticus. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so why don't we get into the next match of the night? Uh, we got AJ Gray's open challenge. Uh, and who answers the call? None other than Connor Claxton. Uh, what did we think about this one? This is the match where I, it had the, the, the last weapon that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> it had the worst, and by worst, I mean the bet, like the most cringe inducing well, spot of the night. I, I kind of, this is the one I like kind of breeze through. I just, I need a refresher on what this weapon was. Uh, it was the needles. Uh, I, uh, needles, medical needles. Yeah. Not tattoo needles. Tattoo needles I was fine with from uh, G. Raver. Yeah. Medical needles, like the syringes. Uh-huh. Freak me the fuck out. Whenever I get a shot, like when I got my vaccine, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, just hit me, uh, yeah, hit me and get it over with. I was exactly. like, nope. And the next day I had to get the next, this is getting a little personal, but the next day I had to get blood work. And I was like, just just do it. Just do it. I'm not looking. I refuse. Like, I I can't do this. (sighs) So when, when AJ, when uh, AJ Gray pulled out the needles, I just stuck them through Claxton's hands. I was, I was about to, I was like two seconds from running away. I was like, nope, 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 nope. nope." Oh, man. Um, where's the where's the fast forward thirty second button? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, Connor Claxton is a guy who I I always put over. He he works very well. I mean, he's a former Tournament of Death champion. I believe twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen he won ter- CZW's Tournament of Death. Of course, the most prestigious deathmatch tournament in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's done it all. He's been every promotion in the world. And sometimes I think people kind of criticize him for his work outtake or intake. I should say he doesn't do mm-hmm. a lot as he used to, mm. but when he does show up, I always get excited to see him. Cause I'm like, yo, it's Connor Claxton. He's a guy you don't see a lot anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was really nice to see him take this challenge. He wasn't, um, he was in a future show, um, the unsanctioned pro fueled by spite show. So he was in town no inconvenient travel for him. It was a good little match they had. I mean, AJ going over, he is a deathmatch fiend from a guy last year who was maybe not about the deathmatch life to going through hell with Alex Cologne, to going against Masada at Nick Gage Invitational to now. He has improved massively as a deathmatch guy. So I have been really happy with the work AJ Gray has had, and this is definitely a match. I'd recommend to anybody who, who's interested in what AJ Gray does because he is a hybrid. He is a yeah. flat-out hybrid. He can do the technical stuff. He can go to King's Road with all Japan. <laughs> he can kick your ass in many ways, shapes, or forms. And to me, this is my opinion, he has the nastiest lariat in all of independent wrestling. Oh, oh yeah. We, 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 we just talked about that. We, after, we, we just reviewed Big Gay Brunch. And, with uh, Billy Dixon? With Billy yeah. Dixon. The Larry and the Shade wrapped around his arm. So, Fantastic match. Yeah, we both gave it a mark out. We loved it. It was awesome. Uh, it's such a good time. We, we actually watched, uh, reviewed two matches from the collective, both of which involved him larrying his opponent out of their fucking socks off every yeah. time. Yeah. He is, he is a net, as he says, he's the motherfucking truth. Motherfucking, motherfucking truth. truth. Yeah. I love, uh, I love what he does. 
So besides the needles, is there any other spots uh, anybody wants to talk about before we get into the the way? This uh, there was one, there was one kind of silly spot, but it was kind of cringe-inducing that I liked, where fucking um, Claxton stapled Gray's tongue to the top turnbuckle yes. and then ran it behind him and kicked him in the head, which yeah. kicked his tongue out like the staple oh. out of his hand. I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, I know he didn't actually, but the fucking idea of his tongue being just stapled, just, ugh. Mm-hmm. Claxton knows how to find very creative ways to use things, and I think that's one of those things where he was, like, very creative. Yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite spots this match is when Gray just took the barbed wire bat and smacked Claxton in the chest, and it just got stuck to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was... As I've said, Claxton is a baller. If you've ever seen the tournament of death he won, the way he won it was the most insane, bizarre way ever. It was like a, it was like a tra- it was they're on a scaffold. I forget who he was facing, and they did like a fireman's carry drop onto like a train. It was like a two layer trampoline where mm-hmm. one layer was like light tubes, and then the one was the trampoline, but it was like you know the springs from it. It was replaced with barbed wire. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah, this is what CCW, when it comes to their deathmatch tips and all that, they are nuts. But then it was like an exploding one. So, like, when they landed on Oh, my. It was like, they had, like, little, like, mortars go off, too, with it. <laughs> that's and I, That's, like, the one thing I remember from Connor Class's career is that infamous spot. And I'm like, if that's how you're going to win a deathmatch tournament, shut up and take my money. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember. I was, I was, uh, I, I had the, I, 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 uh, Hold on, I I helped out with a uh, CZW event uh, with one of their cage of deaths. I forgot which one it was, but I helped set up for a little bit. But then I left because everyone. I mean, I I know it's the wrestling world, but everyone was being like mega dicks, and I was not into it. And I was like, Uh, listen, listen, I like I went there to try to like learn some stuff and like maybe like supporters, but they really just used me as free labor and created me like a complete dickhead. So I was like, all right, cool, I'm out. It, uh, it's but, CZW's dead now, so you don't have yeah. to worry about any bad memories anymore. Yeah, exactly. But so anyway, I left. I left before because I was supposed to stay. Literally, they wanted me to stay from twelve p.m. to one a.m. and I was like, mm, no. Uh, but uh, while I was setting up, I was getting chair. I was setting up the chairs in the for like the the, the fans. Yeah. This is this is pre-COVID, obviously. I uh, I was setting up the chairs for the fans, and when I went back there, I got I snapped a picture. They just had three giant spools of barbed wire uh, ready to just make weapons with. And I was like, damn. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to the guys who made weapons for the death matches this weekend in Gor- or Orlando Death Squad. If you've never heard of them. I have not. Um, or as I call them, Gorlando Death. <laughs> um, they're, put, they, put them over. No, put them over. Yeah, Gorlando Death, Orlando Death. Um, they, they were the ones responsible for that insane Deathmatch Palace, that was the RS Spring Break main event. Jesus Christ, nice. that fucking they were, Yeah, they did the scaffold. They did the panes of glass. They literally made to a... Um, they made that to a T. They, of course, work for No Peace Underground occasionally because um, No Peace runs out of Orlando, Florida. So if you're ever curious about them, they, they are just cool dudes. Um, they set up everything for... Planet Death, I believe, and the Nopi show, Shall Graves, which I cannot recommend enough, was an absolutely fucking awesome show. If you've not seen it, highly recommend. Sue Young G. Raver, fantastic stuff. Fantastic oh, that's stuff. That's good to hear. 
And then um, Alex Colon Masada actually was on that show as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Cool. Cool. So. Anyways. Yeah, did we talk about the end of this match, the Connor Clarkson AJ Gray match? I don't um, think we did. I don't no. think we talked about the ending of this match now. All right. Uh, what, uh, the, uh, why don't we get into it? The ending was when AJ Gray puts, Clark, uh, puts Claxton through the barbed wire door. Yes. It was, uh, uh, which was ma- major. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Emerald Flowision that he does. I yes. think he calls it Blue Eyes White Dragon is what he of calls it. Of course he does. Oh, fucking love it. Oh, my That's God. That's awesome. Yeah. AJ calls it Blue Eyes White Dragon, I believe. If, if AJ's listening to this, the second he either corrects me or not. So. The second Yu the second Yu Gi Oh related thing happened in the collective that I that I know of, at least. I feel like this is a, the doofish first season. It's like you know, I wouldn't have expected. You think that hearing a Yu Gi Oh term in a wrestling show would be something rare, and I but I have and I would only have two nickels for it. But I actually have two nickels for it, which is a lot more than you think yeah. it would be. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, fuck that me up entirely, but you get what I mean. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I, know, he didn't, I, I remember he didn't, he didn't wear it for this show because it was too hot out. But Orn Vite comes out to the Kaiba jacket. He has the Kaiba jacket. <laughs> oh my! If you, I, I have to find a photo for you guys, but it's, it's the Kaiba jacket. Like me and him have talked about anime. We have talked about sports. He is just an all around good guy. I can't say enough. But yes, if you're if you're looking for your anime slash Yu Gi Oh references, Orn Vite and AJ Gray are two guys. Nice. Very nice. So, what are we feeling for the vibe for this match? Uh, I gave this one. I gave this one a high bet. I liked it a lot. High man, yeah, I was a high man. I gave this match. Uh, I have it written down here as a meh. Okay. I yeah. like the two, the staple spot with the to the turnbuckle and the syringe spot were my the highlights, obviously. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 ah, I, syringe spots. Syringe spot. The only spot that made me audibly go, "What the fuck." Yeah, no, I was not about that spot. I was that spot and I was like, uh-uh, dude, no way. Uh, <sighs> anyway, let's get into the main fucking event. We got Alice Cologne taking on Lucky 13 for the newly revealed GCW Ultraviolet title. Uh, what, did, what did we think about this one? Um, I freaking love this match. Uh, I was drinking is... water, so I couldn't say, but I very much like this match, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me... The importance of this match means a lot because Alex Cologne, of course, one of my deathmatch heroes, one of my a guy I consider a friend in this business, who put in a lot of work to this main event. Um, of course, him and Lucky both had a very close connection with the late great Daniel Tiberius Havoc. I'm one of the only people who will probably say his full name like that, if you ask. Um, they, they literally honored him the best way they could have possibly done. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna leave it at that, and we'll talk about the rest of this match. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is this would be a great tribute to Danny Havoc for sure. I am sad to say I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a Danny Havoc match, but I know how much he is respected because when he passed, like out everyone that was involved with Death Match Wrestling, even people that weren't, put out their hearts for him. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this about Danny Havoc is in his career that was. I mean, he he literally is a transplant from the t- little little town of Cylinder, Iowa. I kid you not, that's the name of it. Packed his bags, moved to Jersey to train with CZW, train with Zan- John Zandig, the legend John Zandig at CZW, and literally I think debuted at the one of the very first tournament of deaths in a Battle Royal death match, and the rest is history, as they put it. <laughs> Because the matches he had were incredible. He was really, 
he was really the first hybrid deathmatch wrestler. So a lot of the guys like Alex Clown, Lucky 13, those guys were inspired by Danny Havoc or were friends with him that understood his style. Because back then, everyone was just like, everyone was one of the big beefy bruisers of deathmatch wrestling. Everyone was like, oh, the muscular guys or the heavier set guys who can just kind of punch you and kick you and make you bleed real hard. He was the guy who wanted to incorporate like cruiserweight moves. Mm-hmm. He, was very, he, was very, he was very agile for what he was able to accomplish. I mean, the guy has had countless matches. One that I always recommend to anybody who's ever, ever wanted to watch a Danny Havoc match. This is a retirement match with Alex Cologne from CCW's Down with the Sickness 2016. Mm. It, it was at the time, CCW was peaking, but of course, Danny Havoc, being the CCW guy that he was, wanted to retire in a CCW ring. And Alex Cologne, who, if you ever listen to talk about this, didn't even want this match. He did not want to be the one to retire to him. Mm-hmm. And and Danny was like, I want you to be the one to retire me. And they went out and had one of the best death. This is still in my top five all-time death matches ever Damn. because it is really, really that good. And the ending is absolutely poetic, too. They told a fantastic story, which sometimes gets lost in the world of deathmatch wrestling these days is, Story, story, story is so damn important. I, I make that so clear on my, if you listen to Your Dose of Death, if you listen to the guys I have on, like Matt Tremont, Alex Cologne, they, they love storytelling. And um, I can't recommend enough. Danny having matches, they all tell really good stories. And it, it really is unfortunate he passed at a young age. And, of course, he retired at a young age as well. I think he only retired when he was in his 30s. Damn. Because he had, he had back issues late in like in his career so he kept telling people i don't want to keep doing this and um funny enough he had the terry funk itch as we love to say in wrestling where he just wanted to keep coming back and of course unfortunately pat pre post covid we won't be able to really see more danny havoc so rest in peace and again alex shout out to alex and lucky for really doing the man a service with this match yeah, let's get it. Why don't we get into this match uh, af- after those very beautiful words? Uh, mm-hmm. What What are some spots that stuck out to you guys? Uh, best one that I can remember, the first but one that showed up was when the two of them were fighting on the top rope and 13 just threw Cologne off the top rope through a glass pane chain mesh thing on the outside that I was, wasn't yeah. aware of. It was a chain mesh, yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Because, again, it was literally, like, flashbacks to the match previous in the car. I was like, what the fuck? Why did you throw? Oh, my God. Where did that come from? <laughs> How long has that been there? Literally, that was my – I was literally – I was like, what the fuck? When did, how did I not notice that? Um, yeah, that was a really nasty spot to me. Holy crap. I mean, I'll tell you this. Alex has been doing this, I want to say, 10-plus years or so. I mean, he was a guy who – if you've heard my episode with the Ordo of Death – his first experience was literally just being shoved into the deathmatch training side of things mm. with le- like legends like Bull Payne and Nick Gage getting his ass kicked. And now he's this guy who literally was given the, the keys to the kingdom, the keys to planet death, no pun intended, um, <laughs> to run a show and to be the main event. And he still goes 100%. He still goes 100% mm. with anybody. And, and Lucky's a guy he felt really needed this because Lucky's a guy who if you followed his career if you've known about him he's a hybrid he's a guy who's not like on the bigger side of things but like he can move around he can he can work any kind of match 
And I mean, he he gave it to Alex. He Alex did not hold anything back during this match. And of course, mind yeah, you, there's a there's a ra- there's a rainstorm coming at least <laughs> 10, 20 minutes away, and so they had to like make sure they made this match counts, and which mm-hmm. they did. So I mean, that was a good spot. Of course, um, I'm trying to think what else. The uh, Tope Suicidos. The Tope Suicidos. Yeah. Where Lucky yeah. threw a chair as Alex had a light tube right in his head. And the light tubes exploded on him, which is great. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And then, <laughs> and then he does oh, it again, God. and he hits 13 it. 13 goes to jump onto him, and, and fucking Cologne just whacked him out of the sky with a light tube. Yep. Oh, God. That was good. nasty. I have a spot run down here earlier on when... He, when fucking Cologne put 13 through a door with a Death Valley driver on the outside, I distinctly remember that 13 left a fucking, like, a smear mark on the door where he yeah. landed. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Let's um, see. Uh, uh, so, I, it was funny. Every time he did a, he did a Death Valley driver, I just kept saying General's Order because that's um, the name of Danny Havoc's finisher. Oh. oh. It was General's Order. So I was like, I just started screaming, General's Order! <laughs> that's how, that's the name of Danny Havoc's finish was the General's Order. So I always I always pop at that. I, I, I had a little few tears in my eyes during this. Oh. Just oh. like, well, if you saw, you saw the promo at the beginning of the show. Yeah. And of course, if you saw the end of that, it was Alex Cologne did his design himself of the Danny Havoc like shield and axe. Mm-hmm. Those are like his logos he'd always use because he was always called the Deathmatch Viking. Nice. Oh. That was a paying homage to Danny Havoc in his own way. Very nice. Nice. Uh, any other spots that sticks out to you guys? Uh, I don't know. We talked. We talked about. I I really liked the 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 mood salt, but he gets called by the tube. Uh, of course, we can't not talk about the uh, the end. Where they oh, where, this... where they try to light the glass paint on fire. I was so doesn't... sad. It, the wind just blew Mar- it. The fuck poor out. Mar- poor Marcus is trying yeah, to right. And he's and they're like, God and Nick Cage is like, You gotta do it now, Marcus, you gotta do it now. And yeah. of course nothing happens. And of um that's why I always tell people, like, just bring matches, don't use the lighters. The lighters half the time don't even work. Mm-hmm. Just do a match just, and just, just put light it on and there. throw it and be out of there. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's easier, but I mean Sometimes it's hard to light glass, apparently, unless you put a ton of lighter fluid. And also, there's I don't, it's windy too. So yeah, yeah it was windy about to rain. It was. But just... there was like the lightning storm that delayed WrestleMania's first night. Yeah. It was coming. It was coming after. It was coming. And Jimmy Lloyd had to change shirts during. Apparently, GCW is on the banned list of of um, Of course, they are. He the shirts. I had a friend who like like I don't know Vince knew who GCW was. I'm like, dude. They have a big streaming partner on Fight TV. Like the, the writers don't do actually watch outside WWE. I would think. I hope. <laughs> trying to trying to pick out the next great idea for anybody, which now has turned into the Jimmy Lloyd Hurt business memes. <laughs> uh, I will say listen, though, even though listen, the glass plane great. did not get set on fire, the avalanche the uh, avalanche Spanish fly looked great. Yes, yeah, the, the, the finishing spots still look great, even without the fire, I thought. And, of course, Cologne picks up the win. This. Um, yeah. that, that's Alex Cologne's bread and butter, man. That Smash yeah. Fly is as good as it gets. And mm-hmm. uh, You guys saw that. We, we, I was saying, we saw person. him take out uh, Nolan Edward with that, yeah. Oh, when, yeah, he, he took out Nolan Edward, but then Nolan wanted to get up in two, and Alex was like, I'm going to shoot on you then. So <laughs> there you that go for your troubles. Awesome. What a great match. Absolutely. I, one of my favorite matches of the year so far is 
Nolan versus Alex, in my opinion. It was very good. Like you said, the end where he just shot at him and just started beating him with the half of the door was absolutely And the camel clutch. He is one of the few guys I see use a camel clutch as a finisher these days. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely insane. But this match was awesome. Uh, What what are we giving this one? Uh... What would you, I'm gonna let you guys go first with this. I'm gonna, this was, I'm, I'm gonna give it the mark out. I liked it a lot. I thought it was mark super out. sweet. Mark, mark out as well. Cool. I was in the high med territory, but after the back, the uh, the context that Lauren gave, it has shifted me into the mark out. <laughs> no mark out for me. I mean, this is the best match of the show, in my opinion. It, yeah, easily in, in my in my hierarchy of Planet Death matches. Alex versus Lucky is number one. No one Schlack's number two. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, it's kind of a tie between AJ and Claxton and Pondo. Justice is my number three. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, th- this match was uh, far and away the best match on the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's the two guys here, the best workers. And I mean, of course, kind of another little side note here is Lucky actually was friends with Danny, mm-hmm. He's a very good friend of his. They were part of the probably one of the other most famous factions in all of deathmatch wrestling, the Nation of Intoxication. <laughs> With him, it was him, it was Danny Havoc, Lucky, and I believe it was also Devin Moore. I could be wrong, but I believe it's those three. And they had a really funny match I saw from a tournament of death back in 2012. It was a a drunken scaffold match. Where basically, so like, of course, Nation of Intoxication. And it was a triple threat with the three of them. And mm-hmm. even the ref got on it in on this. It was a ref who was a friend of theirs who was leaving for California the next day where um, after every pinfall, they had to take a sh- or the ref had to take a shot. <laughs> but all like, and whoever put on the pin took a shot too. But then there was a, there was a, it was a handle of Jaeger at the top of the scaffold. And if you can make it to the top, you had to take a drink every time. Jesus. Oh my God! So, in all Danny Hag fashion, Lucky knows too well what to do, and Alex knew as well. But um, the the big goal before Danny's passing was to get Lucky to Japan. Mm-hmm. That was his big goal, and of course, unfortunately, he can't see that through. So, Alex has taken it upon himself, as he has told me and told everyone who listens to his podcast and GCW Patreon, that his goal is to get Lucky thirteen to Japan. So, hopefully, this is a step in the right direction. Hopefully. I hope so too. Um uh, yeah, so so that that's Planet Death. Uh that is all the matches on Planet Death. Uh why don't we why don't we give the the pay-per-view itself its own its own collective collective review. No pun intended. No pun intended. Uh no its own collective review here. Uh as as a pay-per-view, what do you give it Planet Death on the mem- miss out man or mark out scale? Hmm. That was a math. It was a mad at me. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. It was a mad like like a, like a lot of the matches that I was ready to be impressed by, kind of disappointed. And uh, but they, there were some highlights. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not I'm not going to give it the complete miss out. But it was it was it was a mad for me. For yeah. Sure. yeah, I kind of feel the same thing there because like I'm I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, there were like three matches here that got high mess, but there was a lot of mess that are here. And the one mark out was the was the last match, but yeah. I don't think it carried the other matches that were like fine you know what i mean yeah absolutely it's, yeah. It's, it is what it is with this show and i mean i will say this the thing is um with this show was they were kind of on a race against time yeah a race against mother nature it was mother like, nature 
like the last match, like it was gray. It looked like it was about to go like a fucking just a storm was about to. Yeah, which and it, I, did. it felt kind of rushed at times as well with this show. I will uh, put it out there. Oh yeah, I think it was like I think there. I just remembered like gray actually came out mid them cleaning up and said, "Cut yes. my fucking mood music. Start my shit yeah. right now." Yeah, no, they did, and he's AJ is one of those guys. If you've seen him in person, if you've seen him wrestle, he gives zero shits about your schedule. He will show up when he wants to show up, and he does not care. But he loves what he does so much so that you really don't care if he shows up fashionably later or not. So that's AJ Gray for you. I can see it. Very nice, very nice. Uh, all right. Well, thank you to Lauren for coming on. The, coming on independent waters and reviewing the show with us like i said we couldn't do it without you man uh absolutely <laughs> so thank thank you so much again uh before before we let you go uh it, I, I have i have uh, two things one how do you feel about the ydod logo getting puked up <laughs> fucking hell so you i knew you were gonna ask that <laughs> i had to do it i had to do um, it um <laughs> i uh, I mean, it's, it's funny. I actually got a DM today from another show I'm sponsoring. Um, shout out to Guantos Hardcore Crew. They're a deathmatch promotion in Mexico who I paid a nice little fee for to sponsor the DVD distribution slash IWTV broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they literally messaged me this morning saying, we won't have your logo puked on. <laughs> so I feel like today is that day where we're just going to talk about, uh, you know what? Shit happens. Yeah. It was hot as hell out those yeah. first few days. And I, 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 it just happened to be there. Um, speaking of my logo, I want to get, kind of give a big shout to the, the wonderful woman who made that logo a reality. Mango. If you're not seeing Mango's work on Twitter or anything like that, go check her out. She oh, she, a, she did the uh, uh, the, the little Jimmy Lloyd TV, right? Yes. Yeah. She, she does a ton. She's a... Um, she does a ton of really cool art. She does a ton of AEWR. She does a ton of really awesome stuff. Um, I literally gave her the vision of what I wanted. I actually even just saw her go with like some weapons and stuff for the wording. And um, she was absolutely flawed or um, actually drawn the floor flattered that I even sponsored the the collective weekend. And she, um, she even like messaged me like, wow, it looks perfectly in some. Shout out to Davey Cole. If you know Davey Cole, Beyond Wrestler, who just made his return to wrestling this past weekend for Beyond. Um, he was the one who painted the logo. And cool. apparently I messaged him asking if he could send me a photo, which he did. And his fiance apparently loved this. So your nice. dose of death is for the people, by the people, as I like to put it. Um, so it was really awesome. And yeah, I mean, JJ Garrett. You had to puke on one logo. It had to be mine, you know. <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of your dose of death, Lauren, why don't you why don't you tell the our audience who might not know what that show is about it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I want to put it, it's the fastest rising, most talked about, fun, positive, shoot the shit kind of podcast you're going to see in the world of deathmatch wrestling. Your dose of death, of course, releases on Tuesdays, of course. Sometimes on Thursdays, sometimes on Saturdays, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> just a lot of, um, I've had a lot of really fun people I've had on. I, and I want to kind of put this out there because some people always love to hear the wrestlers. Mm. Um, I've been so grateful to work with people of content, of the content creative world, people who make merch, people who are podcasters like myself, people who are promoters. 
because in deathmatch wrestling and in, in all wrestling, you can credit this, especially independent wrestling. It's not just about who's on camera. Mm-hmm. It's not about who's in that ring. It's about who's outside that ring, who's doing their own contribution to wrestling. I want to give everyone and everyone the credit they deserve because without them, it, the, op- the operation wouldn't be as successful as it is. And your dose of death, it's just a one man band and myself and whoever my guest is. I, I don't, I don't plan on this. This was just a passion project of mine. I, I love to make it like that. Um, also, I want to give a big shout out to Rafe Houston of Faces and Fields podcast. I did a collaboration with him where me and him um, are, where did a little pick em challenge for the ICW no holds barred pit fighter X bow, the tough guys tournament where, um, the winner picks a charity of his choice to donate to. The loser will donate to that ch- that respective charity. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that one as well. Very cool. Very cool. Um, mm-hmm. Love to give back to the to however I can. I'm a ph- philanthropist in my own right. Um, really, your dose of death. It's just it's a it's a fun time for people who are curious about deathmatch wrestling. I try to make it as fun, inviting as possible. And if you guys want to chat with me or just talk to me about the podcast, deathmatch wrestling, anything like that. You can follow me all things, your dose of death at Lauren Y D O D again, that is at Lauren Y D O D L O R E N for spelling, because everyone's going to be like L A U R E N. Nope. Lauren Y D O D. Your dose of death is a fun time. And again, Mikey, Zach, thank you for having me on. Of course, um, man. Of course. Waters. Um, I love doing collaborative stuff. This is only the beginning. So <laughs> to any podcasters who are listening, anyone who was saying, I love, love, love collaborative efforts. So if you want to hit me up, hit me up. If not, that's okay. I'm just going to keep the train rolling. Awesome. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. All right. And that, oh. that brings us to the end of our two episode collective special. We talked about six different shows in, in, in this in this uh these two these two episodes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. Uh you know, we gotta do we gotta get the plugs out of the way. Go check out Hit the Books every Friday where me and Ryan Nightsey uh book our own version of Ron SmackDown every week. Uh we, we just had our WrestleMania special and we are we took a little bit of a week off, but we're coming back strong. Uh, coming back strong with the Raw after Mania, the SmackDown after Mania. Uh, things are gonna get things are gonna start heating up again. So uh, come join us over there. Uh, of course, you're listening to Indie Water. Stay subscribed. Uh, give us that five star review over on iTunes. Uh, all that all that fun stuff. Leave us a review. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and of course, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, that's at CanUpPod where we talk about all things uh, in the world of wrestling and just the world in general. We just share our thoughts over there and hang out really. Uh, so uh, go check out the YouTube channel, go check out the website, countoutpod.com. Uh, you can basically find everything that has to do with the podcast over on countoutpod.com. Yeah, there's, there's bios on all of us, Lauren included. Uh, it, go, I, I, the website is one of, one of me and Ryan's babies. We love that thing. So go check that out. Get, get, give that the clicks when you can. Uh, and I think that's about it. Zach, anything to plug? Nope. Didn't think so. Lauren, looks like you got one more thing. Um, I think, oh, with Your Dose of Death as well, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts are really, really appreciated. I have I looked through those. I don't even have Apple Podcasts. I'm an Android guy, as you see. Yeah. I, I will look through those. Um, of course, I actually interviewed one guy who did give me a uh, 
five-star podcasts who happen to be a promoter as well. Shout out to Unsanctioned Pro, to Derek Very from Unsanctioned cool. Pro, Fueled by Spite, real sleeper of the collective as well. If you didn't you'll see that one, hit them up as well. But again, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, really cool. And of course, I have my own merch now. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I'll plug that as well real quick. It's literally just go to whatamaneuver.net and just look up Your Dose of Death. It's going to be on there. It's white type red paint. Um, shout out to John McNulty, a good friend of mine who created that design, made it short, sweet, simple, and bloody. Very it. cool. Very cool. Oh, of course, how can I forget the other two guests we had on these two uh, special collective episodes? We had Ryan, of also, not only of Hit the Books, but also of G1 and Only, comes out every other Monday here on the Countdown Network. And we had Amanda of Amanda and Ashley from How to Talk to Your Friend About Wrestling, who comes out every Thursday here on the Countdown Network. So go check out those shows as well. Give them a follow. Give them a five-star review. The whole spiel I just gave you about this show, go do it for them as well. Uh, they, they are putting out great content, and they deserve it. Uh, and I think with everything out of the way, that just leaves me with one last thing to say, and that is to remember, there's a gigantic sea of independent wrestling out there. So never stop exploring. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Dose of Death Podcast. I would love to thank each and every single one of you who have listened or are listening to this episode. As I speak, it means a great deal to me and to the development and growth of this podcast. You guys are the backbone of this podcast and promoting good deathmatch wrestling around the world. Of course, as always, if you would like to support, there are different ways you can do that. You can give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That goes a great deal. And to everyone who has given me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so far, thank you. Or, of course, you can buy some merch. Yes, I do have merch. If you would love some merch, Go to whatamaneuver.net and look up your Dose of Death podcast. I got one design thanks to the incredibly talented John McNulty who made the white type red paint, as I call it. And you can get it in hoodies, baby gear, t-shirts is the popular one. Anything you desire wardrobe-wise to look good in a little dose of death, no pun intended. But of course, before I leave, I just want to give a big shout out to the Count Out Networks of Wrestling Podcasts, the coolest wrestling podcast network you will ever hear of. We have such a great variety for everyone, from hitting the independent waters with Mikey Manfredi and Zach Batista, of course, as you just heard from them. If not, you may have heard from them before. To, of course, the lovely ladies of How to Talk to Your Friend about wrestling. A really fun and neat podcast for those who are wanting to get into professional wrestling in their own way. Of course, the very highly unique G1 and Only, where Ryan Nietzsche goes over the one and done competitors of the G1 Climax for New Japan Pro Wrestling. A really interesting one for all my New Japan fans out there. And of course, the highly acclaimed Hit the Books the ultimate WWE fantasy booking podcast of your dreams in the form of Mikey Manfredi and Ryan Nietzsche talking about SmackDown and Raw and their fantasy dream bookings. And, of course, um, I'm along with them. They have made this all entirely possible to do an awesome kick-ass wrestling podcast. So, of course, that does it for me. Um, I am Lauren Rosenberg of Your Dose of Death. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And just as always, be safe out there and enjoy a little dose of death.
This has been a Countout Podcast.